Psalm chapter 48, and uh, I would like to have you stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to read four ver- five verses, verse 10 through 14. And I would like to ask, as we read these this morning, that uh, you actually take the time to contemplate on the words. Uh, often throughout the Psalms, you will find the word selah, which means to think on this or to meditate on this. And uh, so I would like to encourage you to meditate on these words through all of the things that you hear today from the pulpit. Again, for those of you who may be visiting for the first time or may be visiting in a long time, uh, what you will hear today is not normal and not a normal service. Um, There will be things that we will be sharing this morning that we as a leadership team believe is important for you to know um, as we continue moving into the future. And uh, so there's a a reason why uh, some of these things are being shared or talked about today. And uh, we would encourage you that if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to speak to myself or Sam. Wave your hand, Sam. That way everybody knows. No, stand up, Sam. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he does that to me as well. And Brother Diego, he's not going to raise his hand, but he's the gentleman over here, just had surgery. And uh, please don't come up and slap him on the shoulder or pat him on the back. Don't do any of those things. Um, but uh, we would like to invite you to speak with any of them or myself or all of us together if you have any questions. Psalm 48, verse 10 through 14. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion Go around her, number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. May the Lord add his richest blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you. You may be seated. So we are, um, I'm going to have maybe the Josh, if uh, you and Malachi, if you don't mind coming up, we've got something else that we are going to pass out here. Again, we should have enough for everybody actually here in attendance today on that one. It would be easy, before Brother Diego comes up, it would be easy for us to maybe look at everything that is going on in the world today and then in our lives and then in our church and point the wrong direction for the future. Our goal today with the things that you are going to hear is not about us. We're not seeking to defend our position. We are seeking to point you to Jesus Christ. And that's our prayer for every one of you. Regardless of whether you work, whether you're a student, whatever you do in life, the object and the goal is always Jesus Christ. 
You see, if you keep your eyes on me, I will tell you right now, in case you haven't learned this, I will let you down. I will disappoint you. In fact, if you come to this church for very long, you will see that we are not a perfect people. You will see and understand very quickly that because we are not perfect, we can only look in one direction, and that's to a perfect Savior. And that's our goal today. And every day is to be able to point to a perfect Savior. Because when all of the trials and troubles of this life are over, and we stand before God, as we said in our beginning prayer, our desire is to be able to see that these struggles that we have in this life are nothing but light afflictions. In fact, a lot of the things that we go through in this life, not only are they light afflictions, but when we get to heaven, I don't even believe we'll remember them. I believe that all of the things that we see down here, because we will be without sin, we won't even have to worry. We certainly are not going to go through all of eternity being concerned and worry about all of the things. And so today, what I would like you to do is I would like you to put all of the concerns maybe that you have, whether it's emotional or financial or physiological or mental or whatever it may be, work situations, family life, struggles in the marriage, put all of those concerns aside for just one hour with us as we focus on the loveliness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you walk away from here today, whether you stay for the dinner or not, my prayer is that you will see Jesus maybe in a clearer way and have a better picture of him today than you had yesterday. And my prayer is further that not only will you have a clearer picture, but you will be able to have the same desire that I do in my life, and that is that today I will end up at the end of the day, I will be more like Jesus Christ than I was yesterday. And my prayer is that I will be more like him tomorrow than I am today. I don't do it perfectly any more than you do. But as we read the scriptures, it's important for us to remember that the faithfulness is not based on our faithfulness, it's based on the faithfulness of God. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, He who began a good work in you, Jesus Christ, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When he returns, he'll complete the work that he has begun in you if you're a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read something to you and then I'm going to turn it over to... Did you want to go first or Brother Sam? You will, okay. Psalm 73 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Anybody here heard the name Charles Wesley? Okay. During his lifetime, it is said that he wrote and published between 6,500 and 10,000 separate hymns. Many of these are still sung or available today, including in our own hymnal. He served God faithfully for more than 80 years, and it is said that the above verses from Psalm 73... From Psalm 73 were a final inspiration to him and while he was on his deathbed at the age of 80, too weak to write on his own, Wesley, Charles Wesley, dictated one final stanza of a hymn to his wife Sally. He died later that same day on March 29, 1788. 
Listen to the words of this hymn. And I think that we could probably all put ourselves in the picture of Charles Wesley as he's laying there getting ready to be ushered into the presence of the Lord. In age and feebleness extreme, who shall a helpless worm redeem? Jesus, my only hope thou art, strength of my failing flesh and heart. Oh, could I catch a smile from thee and drop into eternity. What beautiful words. The last thing to be said before you go out into eternity. This was the life of Charles Wesley. Certainly not everything about him was perfect, but he knew where his hope was, and it was in Jesus Christ. Brother Diego? Good morning. I'll try to read through this, and uh, if you'll just listen, I guess. In early 1992, several people had a vision of beginning a new Baptist church in our area. Through prayer and through the help of a group of volunteers, Brother Jimmy Stiles, the Sunnyside Baptist Church, and their Mission Development Committee, Brother Paul Lewis and the Frontier Baptist Association and the Wyoming Southern Baptist Convention, this new work was launched. On September 6, 1992, the first services at Northwest Community Baptist Church were held with 13 in attendance. The services were held in the Cheyenne Sheriff's Posse building. If you look up on the hill on Yellowstone, it's up on the hill. In late April of 1993, the down payment was made for 5.75 acres. We have 10 now. On the corner of Riding Club Road and Yellowstone Road. And at this time, there was 32 members with seven persons awaiting baptism. In humility, we give thanks for our blessings. We believe God had a great future for his church in this community. Hearts were singing with joy that day. And as Paul said in 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, and the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Fast forward to November 29th, 2020. This statement from this pulpit as I read, as you might know, we as a church were in search for a pastor. Well, today is a special service for an installation and commitment. With much prayer for the, God's guidance in this decision, we believe that we have, during this selection, kept and followed all the church's constitution and bylaws and did not deviate from them. Yellowstone Baptist Church Pastor Search Committee, along with all its members, by majority, on November 29, 2020, called Marcus Calera. We thank God for, for providing a pastor to lead this church into the next phase of the church's journey. Pastor Mark, will you step forward, please? The paper we handed out was responsive reading. Um, 
also want to, just so we know that we'll be reading that, I'd like to have the girls come forward here too at this time, um, Hannah and Abigail, and remind you that this month is Pastor Appreciation Month. Okay, There's a basket back here on the table if you have a card or anything you'd like to give them, or just a, I don't want to suggest a, a slap on the back. But I would say that this month is your opportunity to give a special appreciation to the pastor and his family. So the flowers, Violet is sick as he has mentioned and not here at this time. So we're going to give them to the girls so they can present them to their mother. And then there's a card and that can go in the basket if you have others. To, to, you got all month. I wasn't here last Sunday and it was actually pastor appreciation month last Sunday. So responsive reading, it's important that we understand the pastor and the church in a covenant together and these pledges of the pastor and the people of this congregation together. Having been called to be the pastor of this church, do you take this people to be your people, this field of labor to be your field without reservation of mind or heart? I do. Do you promise to give yourself faithfully to the ministry, to the word, and to prayer, and to be a good shepherd of the flock of God, to minister to the needs of all alike, to be the friend of all who will permit you to, to seek the salvation of souls, and to nurture of the saved, to put the services of Christ in his kingdom above all else, if wronged, to forgive as you expect to be forgiven, to seek always to keep yourselves mentally alert and physically fit as much as in you lies, to be at peace with all people and to lead this church in the ways of Christ as the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom and strength? I do. This is to the congregation. Do you promise to hear attentively to the preaching of the word, to participate reverently in the services of worship, to share with this pastor in the responsibilities of teaching and learning, to assume your proportionate part in the church's benevolent ministries, to receive him into your hearts and homes, to counsel with him about the welfare of the church and winning of souls, to encourage him in his stand for right, to forgive him when he makes mistakes, and to follow his leadership as he follows Christ, let us together reaffirm our high resolution and devotion to preaching the good tidings of salvation, to teaching Jesus' way of life, to leading children and youth to the knowledge of love of Christ. To healing broken bodies and soothing troubled minds. To caring for the helpless and providing relief for those who look to us for help. To evangelizing the community and extending the kingdom of God worldwide. Just to add to that, 
since uh, since we 2020s we call Pastor Mark, and it's not because of him, but it's his leadership in teaching God's word and and leading us. We've seen so many blessings here at Yellowstone Baptist Church. We've seen how our church is growing in numbers. We've seen how we've been blessed with uh, reconstruction of the building. When we were blessed with the lights, blessed with stuff for, for the sound and the TVs, the elevator, mm-hmm. all these things we've seen how God has blessed Yellowstone Baptist Church. And it's all because the leadership of Pastor Mark in, in guiding us in Christ's way and not his way. Um, we've seen 12 baptisms since, uh, since that time. We've been blessed abundantly with funds to bless others in missions like in Cuba and other missions that we have. So it's um, so many things that we have seen God work in Yellowstone Baptist Church. And it's because of the teachings of God's word. That is the number one thing that I believe that we as a congregation are blessed to have Pastor Mar because he is teaching God's word in a way um, that we haven't seen before. Uh, prayer. Prayer is vital. We've seen this church become a, a, a church of prayer. And and reaching out to the community. We've been reaching out uh, with the bags of John and Romans. We did that last year, I believe, right? Um, and we have other plans to do reach outs uh, in the near future as well. And most importantly, um, as we see in our bulletin every single uh, Sunday that we come, this church is where we're Yellowstone Baptist Church, where Christ is glorified, that is our number one focus. That Christ is always glorified, not one person, not a team. This, um, we are focused on glorifying Christ at all times. So that is all I, I have for you guys. Amen. Amen. For those who are unaware, over the last year and a half, really, we have seen some changes, not just here, but within the circles in which we fellowship. And unfortunately, with any organization, we are only one generation, maybe even less than that, from walking away from the truth. If the leaders don't teach and preach the truth, then where does that leave the congregation? This is where we find ourselves today. For example, 
Would you have a problem giving your missions money if you knew that we were going to support an organization that denies the deity of Jesus Christ? Would anybody have an issue with that? Yeah? Would you have a problem if you contacted this organization and this organization were to tell you, well, if you are gay, you can still be Christian because God loves you just the way you are and he doesn't expect you to change. Anybody have a problem with that? And this last week, we um, there were thousands of churches and pastors that actually received a note from the North American Mission Board that said that of the Southern Baptist Convention that this organization called He Gets Us, I encourage you to look it up online, and it stated openly that they deny the deity of Jesus Christ. They deny that God requires repentance and forgiveness of sins. And unfortunately, the Southern Baptist Convention as a whole has walked down a path that is not pleasing to God. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right out. We are first and foremost a church that is that has Christians in our midst and of course we believe the church um, is made up only of true saved individuals. But like other organizations down through the years we have found that and you can see in history that when a church or an organization begins to walk the path of heresy and falsehood they will end up going into decline and they will fail. This is not something that we rejoice in because this is a blight on the testimony of the church. It's a blight on the testimony of you and I. It's a blight on the testimony, most importantly, of the Lord Jesus Christ when we are seeking to walk a path that is not pleasing to him. This morning we have shared this information with you, not because we want to toot anybody's horn, but in fact, I look around every Sunday that I have the privilege of being able to stand up here, and it is a privilege to me. And I look around at everybody that comes. I look at our visitors when they show up, and people that come back and forth, and we've had some come, and we have seen some go. But yet during that time, I have been greatly encouraged realizing that it is God that builds his church. Not me. Not you. In fact, if I were to ask for a show of hands, how many of you actually came to Yellowstone Baptist Church because Mark Escalera personally invited you? I don't think that there's anybody here, with the exception maybe of my mom and dad, that would be able to raise their hands. You were all invited by somebody else. That's part of what it takes to be a church, to be a ministry, to, to realize that, hey, if I really love my church, if I really want to be involved in my church, then I'm going to invite other people to come. I want other people to see what God is doing in my life. I want other people to see what God is doing in the life of my church. I want to read a few things 
that we have shared before, and maybe you have never heard these before or do not remember them, but this is the affirmation of commitment to the fellowship of believers, to us as a church here at Yellowstone, when somebody comes in, wants to become a part of our fellowship. We go over this with every prospective member because we want you to understand exactly what God expects of you and I. So heed these words. We share with you, we are grateful that you are taking this step of, the word is commitment, as saved, baptized believers. You see, there are no regular, just sit on the pew, church people. A biblical member is an active member. A biblical member is one who loves the Lord. A biblical member is one who desires to fellowship with other believers. But you are taking this step of commitment as saved, baptized believers in full fellowship with the believers that make up Yellowstone Baptist Church. Now, my dad has said down through the years, he's been in ministry a lot longer than I have. He has often defined the word fellowship, and it wasn't original with him, I'm sure. But fellowship is simply divine, defined as two fellows in the same ship. In other words, we're in agreement. And what is our agreement in? You know, some of you have hymn books at home, and, and maybe you like a different choice of hymn book. In the light of eternity, is this really what is to guide us? Is this really what is to keep us together? Is this really how we serve is what's based on this? No. This is the standard. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible tells us that the scriptures are good for all that pertains to life and godliness. There is nothing. I, I have thousands of hours in counseling, marriage counseling, drug counseling, addiction counseling, down through over 25 years of ministry. And I can tell you that I have yet to find one problem that the Bible doesn't yet address. Because the Bible is good for everything that we need. It will help you. It will restore your marriage. It will take a man and make a godly husband out of him or a godly father. It will take a wife and make a godly wife and a godly mother out of her. It will take children and it will make them godly children, respectful children. It will take fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ and look around you. Look at the people who are here. I don't know how many we have this morning. I rarely even ask. But if, if, if you look around you, I want you to look all the way across, maybe on a side that you don't normally sit on, and I want you to ask yourself, what do I have in common with that person over there? And you know what the truth, the reality is? Most of us, the only thing we have in common with one another is our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. We each come from a different, different jobs, different backgrounds, different cultures, some even different languages. And yet what brings us all together is the same thing. When we get to heaven, we're not going to sit down and discuss jobs. We're not going to sit down and discuss why all of you guys should be Packer fans. Not, I'm just making sure you're still listening, all right? That's not what we're going to be discussing. We're going to be singing the praises of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity, and we're going to rejoice in that. When we lay aside this mortal flesh, as we lay aside this, as Peter says in 2 Peter, when we lay aside this tabernacle, this flesh in which we dwell, dwell currently, 
Peter says, or Paul says, we shall leave this body behind and we shall be present immediately with the Lord. Immediately. That means our soul, that, that part of our heart, that, or that part of our life whereby it leaves this body because this body is decaying. If, if you don't know that, you didn't look in the mirror this morning. And as the body decays, we are going to leave this aside. And the reason why all of these things, I don't remember who it was, I think it was maybe Al this morning, we were talking, talking about it, about creation and, and what's going on. And, and I think in the prayer time as well, uh, the, this, this, this life that we live, the coyotes eat the cats and, and, and the cats fight the dogs and, and all of the things that take place in this world because of sin. And the Bible is clear in Romans chapter 8 or chapter 7 that even creation groans to be released. This is what we long for. I don't want to look in the mirror every single day and wonder, am I going to live to be 70, 80, 90, 100 years old? The thought of possibly ending up one day in a nursing facility because I can't take care of myself is not appealing. The thought of me having to bury a family member or another family member is not appealing any more than it should be to you. But the question is, is that really where our hope lies? I know what it's like to be in Liberia, West Africa, and as I've shared with several of you, the first two weeks that we were in this village, we are three hours from any other missionary. There's no, there's no white people anywhere around us. Nobody of any other nationality except the Liberians. And the first two weeks, there were 12 people that died in the space of 14 days in a village of only 800 people. Who do you think they're looking at as the one to blame? Somehow it's the missionary's fault. It's difficult sitting there in a country where you believe God has called you to minister the word of God and all around you hear nothing but the shrieks and the screaming of people that have no hope. Trying to comfort your own children because they don't understand what's going on. Wondering why are we here? Why aren't we back with grandma and grandpa or with the rest of the family? But you see, when we come together and we make this commitment to fellowship with other believers, what we are saying are things like this. Number one, I will pray for you. Anybody here not need prayer? I need prayer. You need prayer. We all need prayer. Every single day. It may, it may be something that completely catches you off guard. Something maybe that you weren't expecting. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a, a surgery that's getting ready to come up. You weren't expecting it. Something happened. Your life was turned upside down. And you're either going to allow that to overcome you and overwhelm you or you're going to trust in the God of the Bible to be able to get you through every one of those circumstances. Being in full fellowship with other believers doesn't mean that we are in agreement on 100% of everything. But what we are in agreement on is that the Word of God gives us the answers that we need to be able to get through life. 
I have been where you're at. There will be times in the future probably that I will still be where you're at, maybe today. And that is that we are learning to, to use a crutch from something other than the Word of God. We have to depend on fill in the blank. It could be sports. It could be an addiction. It could be um, a, a football team. It could be your finances. It could be a house or your possessions, whatever it may be. And some of you today may be trusting in that to be able to make life work for you until you get to the point where God takes all of that away from you. And then what do you do? I shared with you before, my daughter up here, she's walking with a cane today. Some people have already made a comment. Yay, she's not on her crutches. She's walking on a cane. If she's still walking with that cane six months from now, it's not because her leg needs it. It's because she probably wants to just whack on her sister. <laughs> and so six months from now or a year from now, you come up and you say, well, Hannah, why are you still walking on that cane? I don't know. I just like it. And some of you who are astute and wise enough are going to say, you do realize that if your leg is completely healed, it's stronger than what it was before, so you need to lay aside that cane and learn to use your own legs. My friends, I want you to understand something this morning. I can't be your crutch in the Christian life. Your crutch can't be your pastor. Your crutch can't be the Sunday school teacher or the deacons or the people who clean the church or whoever it may be. Your crutch has to be, I depend on Jesus Christ because I, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, I press toward the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's what we're pressing for towards. That's what we're looking on towards. Running the race so that when we get to Paul's writing in 2 Timothy and he writes to young Timothy, this elder, and he says, I have run the race. I have fought the good fight. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will present me on that day, and not just to me only, but to all who love his appearing." You see, this crown of righteousness is part of the fellowship that we have. The fellowship that we have knowing that we are encouraging each other to look forward to eternity. I don't want you to be overly concerned. That doesn't mean that we live like we are in a bubble. But what it does mean is if you come up to me and you've got a sour look on your face because life has fallen apart from you, I have to be able to give you the answer, look to Jesus. Look to the one who is the author and finisher of our faith. Hebrews chapter 12. You see, if you come up or Brother Mike walks up to me and he says, how are you doing? And I'm walking around like this. I'm like Eeyore. <laughs> Sun is shining today. It'll probably rain. <laughs> the Lord is good, I guess. We used to have a gentleman in our church back in Nevada and you used to ask him every single time you would say, how are you doing today? And he'd say, mm, I'm alive. You know what Brother Mike's going to do if he's desiring to be in full fellowship with me as another believer? 
he's going to come back and he's going to say, you know, there's something on your face that tells me that your trust is not in Jesus Christ today. You're concerned about something that's going on in your life. There's some kind of trouble. What can I pray with you about? Fellowship with the believers brings responsibilities. And with the aid of the Holy Spirit, we ask believers to make these commitments. Number one, will you be diligent to exercise self-control so that your lifestyle exhibits both true Christian love and personal holiness? It is not easy walking the Christian life. If you don't believe me, come and ask me. In fact, better yet, ask somebody else that's around you and ask them this. Does my life reflect self-control? Does my life reflect Jesus Christ? When you come to church and you see me, do you see more of Mark Escalera or do you see more of Jesus Christ? Secondly, Will you faithfully assemble with this body of believers, striving to maintain unity and doing all you can to stimulate love and good deeds in others as you seek to exercise your spiritual gifts in faithful service? Do you know it doesn't say that we are in agreement on everything? It says, will we work together in the areas that God has placed in our heart to do service? You see, if God calls you to do something, it could be taking up the offering. It could be teaching. It could be to be a deacon. It could be to be a pastor. Whatever it is, if God has called you to do that, then you're not going to be concerned about what other people think of you. You're going to do it to the best of your ability. Thirdly, will you consistently contribute as a good steward of God's blessings, such time, talent, and resources in the measure that God prospers you so that our local and worldwide ministry of spreading the gospel may continue? In our next quarterly business meeting, we're going to be raising, we're going to be recommending to the congregation that we increase our missions giving by almost double. That's wonderful. We should be able to rejoice in that. I want to remind you of something you have never heard because nobody else has in all of my years of ministry. I have never preached on tithing. I will never preach on tithing. Because either God is going to impress on your heart to be able to give to the ministry of this ministry as well as to around the world, or he's not. We're not going to browbeat people in the church in order to be able to give. Because listen, God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need mine. The truth is that if all of us were to pass away, if there was some major catastrophe, the work of the Lord Jesus Christ would still continue tomorrow. For the sake of being in an online situation right now, if you want to know more information, you can ask me after the service. But we have a missionary project, let's put it this way, that we have the privilege of being supportive of. And you may not think it's much, 
But I want to tell you what $100 a month does. It supports eight pastors and their families. And through those, they in turn are able to support, help, teach, and train currently an additional almost 200 pastors a month for a hundred bucks. We can't imagine living on a hundred dollars. But God is gracious. You see these two boxes that we've got up here? The bags that we have at the front? If God lays on your heart to give, the money is going out there to other missionaries. It is going to projects. It's going to help things like that. What if we were to increase to $400 a month? Now we're covering 800 house pastors and churches. Do you see how exponentially this grows in an area where we can't imagine living on that, but God is gracious and he works miracles. God simply wants us to be faithful. Will you teach biblical truth to your family and acquaintances? Number four, as God gives you opportunity with a desire to see them come to trust Jesus Christ and to be saved. If if in your heart, if you say that you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you have no desire to see your family come to faith in Christ, I question your salvation. Because I guarantee you when we are in heaven and we see the final judgment take place, God will be right. He will be just in his judgment, but I don't believe there's going to be any happiness from us. When we see our family, our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors be cast into a lake of fire. That should make us weep. Will you always be willing to both give and receive admonition? I want to go back to what Brother Al said this morning in the Sunday school class going through Daniel. From Nebuchadnezzar to his his son Nabonidus and then to his grandson Belshazzar, in that period of time, and it was only like two years, three years? From the end of Nebuchadnezzar to the reign with Belshazzar. It was 20 years? Right. Right. So in that period of time, Daniel goes from being second in the kingdom to going to where the king, regent, Belshazzar, doesn't even know who he is. Belshazzar's grandfather ate grass like a cow. God brought him and humbled him, and Belshazzar had to learn it in one evening. Could you imagine sitting here in church and all of a sudden a hand appears and actually writes on the wall of stone? Your kingdom is finished. Will you always be willing to both give and receive admonition and instruction with meekness and love? This is what we commit to one another. Because this is biblical. Will you commit finally to praying for the ministry here, your brothers and sisters in Christ, the servant leadership, and for the lost who need the Savior? We're almost finished here this morning, but I want to I, I say this. I don't care whether you talk with one another 
or if you encourage one another. I, I'm really not even concerned if there are things that you don't like about me. You may not like my haircut. You may not like whatever it may. You may not like the fact that I like the Packers. You may not like any of those things. But when we look at the Word of God and we see that we are to give thanks to the Lord in all things, praying always with all supplication and prayer, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor before the Lord. If you have a concern, if you have a concern with the leadership, if you have a concern with either the deacons or myself, if you've got a concern about a teacher, if you've got a concern about whatever it may be, I'm going to ask you to prayerfully give that matter to the Lord. Talk to Him. Don't gossip about it. Amen. Come and talk to us so we can work things out. We're never going to come to 100% agreement on all things. But if our first resort is to tear strips off of everybody, we might as well close the doors because God is never going to bless Yellowstone. But as you look around, who, who, how many of you were here two years ago when we, two, almost three years ago when we first came as members and joined? Everybody look around. The rest of you are new here. And you are welcome. Your families are welcome. Anybody that wants to walk through those doors is welcome. But if we are going to walk forward into the future, we are going to do it God's way, not man's way. This is the final question that we ask to the congregation every time somebody joins. And we hope there are others of you. Some of you have been coming for a while. We would encourage you to join if you want to be a part of this fellowship. Will you commit to pray for their spiritual growth, talking about the new members, to encourage the new members in their Christian walk, to humbly admonish them should the need arise in biblical discipleship, to welcome them with open arms into this fellowship, and to remember that together we are to strive to glorify Christ in all things until he returns for his bride. That's a pretty powerful commitment. It's a commitment, one that we shouldn't take heedlessly. We should take it with all sincerity in hearts and say, yes, I will remember. You know, I can remember years ago when I was in Bible college or even in the early years of my ministry and somebody would come up and say, would you pray for me? Yep, absolutely. By the way, how about them Packers? You get done with the conversation before you even left out the door. I'd completely forgotten you'd even need pray needed prayer. You know what I did? I did you a disservice by not praying for you. You know, there are some of you who call me just about every week and you ask, how's Violet? I know she was sick. How's Hannah doing? How's Brother Diego doing? Have you heard from so-and-so? I know that they've been sick. Have you gotten any news yet? You know what that shows? That shows love. Care compassion, unity, 
a desire to know one another so well that, that if somebody, if something was to happen, let me give you an example. A few years ago, I worked with a colleague and they got a call in the middle of the day. Somehow, a gas fire lit in their house and it burned down within just a matter. It was so fast that the neighbors couldn't even get into the house. They lost everything, lost all their pets. Everything was just toast. Think about it. All the memories, all the clothes, everything you've got just completely gone. Within about 48 hours, they had been completely outfitted with clothes, money. They had their bills paid. There were people that showed up to be able to actually help them rebuild their house. Do you know what that comes from? Because everybody at work loved this family and that was what family does. It's what we're called to do. I want to know you as your pastor, but I also want to know you as a friend, as a brother in Christ. I don't do it perfectly, but my goal and desire is to work that direction. That's what I'm asking from you. We're going to pass out one more document. Um, let's see here, Brother Doug and um, Brother Sam. Again, there should be enough for every family unit that is here, whether they are a visitor or a member. One for family, please. We have been talking now for a while. This was passed. Uh, the, 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 the idea of proposing a new biblically-based constitution for Yellowstone Baptist Church as well as a doctrinal statement. We have not really had one, um, certainly not one that is the length of this or that is in-depth. Lord willing, we will be going through this and then we are going to present this for a vote to the congregation at some point in the future. But here's what I want you to do, I would like to encourage you to do, and that is to pray through this document. There are scripture references on pretty much every line, every page. When we get together and we discuss this, I want you to ask, if you're going to ask a question about this, ask whether this is biblically based or not. Not just because we don't have anything better to do. This has taken months to put this document together. It comes from a multiplicity of churches and counsel from different men who have had the opportunity to read some of these documents to see how we can glorify Christ in everything that we do. And this is why this is written. This is not, please, if, if you miss everything else, I, I don't want you to misunderstand this. This is not to undermine whatever has taken place before. This isn't to undermine my previous two years of ministry or any interim who has been here or any pastor who has been here. We are building on the backs of those people. People who have laid a foundation. This is why we believe this is important. Anybody here work in a, in a business where you still use the same documents from 25 years ago? No. We move on. And we grow. There are things, for example, like child protection policies. Anybody here in church 25 years ago? People would have said, you are crazy if you thought you had to have a policy like that in place. 
Now we have to. Now we have to have security. Now we, now we have to have people sitting out here to be able to protect the congregation should something happen. If you don't believe me, watch the news. All it takes is one time. And we believe, we as the leadership here, believe that it is important for us to be able to provide every level of protection that we can for you while you're here. To be able to protect your children. To be able to protect you as a teacher. Or to be able to protect those who count the offering. It's simple things that most people just don't think about. It requires a lot of work to be able to get those things done. And so what I want us to do is, this again, this is not for today. This is for you to take, to study. If you have any questions, I I don't mind even if you disagree with something. But please do it biblically. Don't go and hash things out. Don't go and and take this and say, well, I'm just going to go to another church or I'm just going to drop out of church altogether. That's not the answer. You have a commitment. And listen, this document that we've passed out today, this is not just for today. This is to protect Yellowstone into the future. I don't believe I'll be here 25 years from now to be able to write another one. But right now, we have to protect the people of God. We want to protect you. I hope that what we have shared this morning has been an encouragement. Again, it's not what we normally do. In fact, we're going through a short series right now on the Ten Commandments. We encourage you to come back and visit with us. But if you have any questions whatsoever about any of these things that we've talked about, please come see us. We have no problem sitting down. We're trying to be open and above board about everything that we're doing. And again, like Brother Sam said, our desire every Sunday when we come is that Christ may be glorified. He's either going to be glorified in us or we're going to seek to glorify ourselves. Can't have it both ways. The Bible is clear. There are just two choices on the shelf. Pleasing God or pleasing self. What will it be? I invite you to stand with us one more time.